Praise the Lord. We welcome you to the sanctuary this day and uh, hope that the, the Lord speaks to our heart this day. Amen. Amen. You know, <clears throat> are, are we interested in, in finding the truth or not? Are we interested in the Word of God or not? Praise God. Some very leading questions, huh? For the last few lessons and messages, I focused on the name of Jesus. You know, I think it's incumbent upon us every service to focus on the name of Jesus and to, uh, to Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our salvation. And so, so yes, we want to focus on the name of Jesus, but, I, but you know, uh, we will highlight the importance of the name of Jesus in our lives and every service, hopefully. But I want to title this lesson, The Importance of Truth. Does truth really matter? If you're, you're from Washington, it don't. Just be real honest with you. You say, now you're picking on the Democrats. No, I'm, I'm covering them all. <clears throat> Amen. Is truth really important? How important is it to us for truth? I don't think we realize the importance of, of truth in our everyday lives. I don't think we, I, I think we sometimes don't comprehend the, the importance of truth. Uh, we talk much about the spiritual, and we will bring scriptures here in, in just a moment. But, uh, but first, let's set the precedent by focusing on the natural, focusing on the physical. Maybe a better word would just be to say civilization as a whole. Our civil laws and, our, and, and the structure of government, whether you understand it or not, is basically uh, structured on the Bible, principles of the Bible. You know, sometimes that's not real popular to hear, but it is the truth. A civilization that works for everybody must be based on morality. Amen? That's, that's for everybody. How, how would you, you know, there, there are isolated cases of, of abuse and everything. But how would you feel if, if you went to court and and you know there are, there are there are there are things in, in, that are not right. There are injustices in every situation. But how would you feel if it was so blatant that while you were there, that the person that was against you was handing over money to the judge? Kind of be difficult to swallow, wouldn't it? And so, so when you when we begin to to look at this, a civilization that works for everybody must be based on morality. Well, there's that elephant in the room. What is morality? Morality is just principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. Morality. 
The Ten Commandments outline morality and have been used to set the perimeters of society for thousands of years. Let's look at these Ten Commandments. I, I want us to look at them. Just We'll just go briefly. We're not going to pull them up in the Scripture. Let's, I, I've even, I've even kind of simplified them a little bit so that so that uh, uh, we can understand, understand them fully. The first commandment. I am the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before me. The second one. You shall not worship false gods. The third one. You shall never take my name in vain. Number four. You shall keep the Sabbath day holy. Verse number five, honor your father and mother. Verse number six, you shall not murder. Verse, or verse. <clears throat> Commandment number, number seven. It's almost like a verse, isn't it? You shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not lie. Number ten, Simplified, you shall never want what belongs to others. Think about the consequences of a society that follows none of these rules. I can show you. They're out there. They're called North Korea. They're called China. There's, there's, there's a lot of them out there, a lot of places there would be no safety. There would be no individual right. So truth is very, very important to us. And, uh, and so I want to I turn uh, in, into John. You can remain seated. There's a lot of scriptures I want to bring. I want to I uh, open this in John chapter 18 and verse number 37 and 38. Verse number 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Jesus said, I've come to give you the truth. In fact, John 14, verse number 6, he plainly tells them, tells Philip and the others, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Okay, <clears throat> now, verse 38, Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Now, you notice he went out unto the Jews after hearing this. And he said, I find no fault. Well, the, the funny thing is, it doesn't record or, or give a record that, that uh, Jesus ever answered that question. What is truth? But I submit to you today that Pilate knew. He knew what the truth was. He knew what, he knew what was there. He knew why that the Jews had, had brought uh, Jesus to Pilate. He, he knew all of that. He understood that. And Jesus said, 
I was born to be a king. Jesus is our hope. Jesus Christ is our answer. And Jesus said this in Matthew 4, in verse number 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every mouth that proceedeth out, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He was tempted of the devil. And he, he replied to him when the temptation came. It is written. Where? The Word. The Word tells us it is written. The Word tells us that man shall not live just by food. Man will not live by, by the food and the sustenance that he gets, and, and, uh, but he's going to live, truly live, by every word that cometh, cometh out of the mouth of God. Man will live because of truth. Man will live because of the word of God. Truth brings life. According to the Bible, what is truth? You know, it, it's so crazy. For the last several weeks, it is astounding to me that, you know, the 90 Bible verses in 90 days, it is unbelievable. I, I told you, I think I told you, I, I memorized 58 or 60 of them. Still work on them every day and still have struggle with some of them. But uh, I won't have near as much trouble as some of you. You're advanced age. Just kidding. Just thought I'd throw that in. <clears throat> um, oh, Lord. Here I've gone to insulting people automatically. Sorry, Brother Bob. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a private, private story from out, from out front. Uh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. God, some, Brother Bob, pray for me, would you? So it's, it's just amazing when we begin to, to look at these 90, 90 verses in 90 days, how many times I have used these over and over again. And how many times they're so applicable to, to the Word of God that goes forth. It's, you know, it's the, I think it's the greatest group of scriptures I've ever memorized in my life. And so, so let's start with some of these Bible quizzing verses. Let's look at Hebrews 4 and verse number 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is truth. The Word of God, according to this Word, is quick, and it is powerful. The Word of God, quick, simply means it is alive. You can use that Word of God you can use that, that Word of God for truth in your life. You can use that Word of God in everything you do because the Word of God lives. It is a living thing. It is God. God is alive. Amen. So the Word of God is alive. That's why 
That's why you can, you can in, in the middle of a, of a problem, in the middle of a great difficulty, you can, you can begin to pray and you can seek in the Word of God and you can turn and suddenly the Word of God just speaks to you in your situation, in your circumstance. Suddenly the Word of God just begins to call out to you. And so it's, it's alive. It's powerful. It, it carries power with it. Not just words that you read, but words that, that bring power with it. Words that have the ability to, to remove obstacles. Words that have the ability to calm the heart and the, and the mind. Words that go forth when you read them. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse number 17, I memorized that too. That the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That the Word of God, the Word of God, it is given according to this Word. It is given by inspiration. A bunch of guys got together, prophets, and they said, hey, listen, uh, <clears throat> I got an idea. You ever thought we might try to write something? How about us calling it the Bible? I don't think so. I don't think it happened like that. It's given by inspiration. You can use the word for doctrine. Everything outside of the word cannot be trusted. But you can trust the word. Remember, it is alive. And it gives life to the reader or the hearer. No, it, it didn't happen that way. Here's the way it happened in 2 Peter 1 and 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It didn't come by an idea. It didn't come by a bunch of guys getting together. The Word wasn't inspired by man. Somebody didn't just come up with a good idea and say, hey, I think that's going to be pretty cool. No, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God spoke to man. God began to speak, and the Word of God is inspired. God began to speak, and what is so nifty about this, what is so very cool about this, is in through hundreds of years, God spoke to men and men that, that had not conversed with one another, men that did not know what the other would say and in and, and different eras, different time, different cultures, different, different uh, uh, some in captivity, some not, some free and in different areas of time. And God spoke to these people and as God spoke to them, they wrote and that's how we've got the inspired word of God. In Psalms 119, in verse 89, it tells us, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. What, you know, what really does this mean? It's established. It's recorded in heaven. There's not a meeting or an argument about it up there. They're not still trying to work things out. It's God that is forever settled. He established his word. It cannot be altered or changed. This is the word of God. Amen. God's word is always the final say. 
when you say something like that, it kind of gets a little bit tight. Because uh, every one of us has something in that word that we're just not real comfortable with. You know what we need to do? We need to get comfortable with it. You know, when, when God's word convicts us, we need to change. Amen? It's forever settled. God's word is the final say. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all about, about what's popular in the day. Doesn't matter about culture. Doesn't matter about uh, man's ideas and what they are. You know, it just, it just doesn't it astound you when people, when people start to, to begin to uh, uh, go into a mode and they say, don't you think, doesn't matter what I think. It's not important what I think, it's important what the Word says. Praise God. Don't you love the Word? Don't you love your pastor? Hallelujah. Praise God. Got a few amens. So it doesn't matter what man's ideas are because they change. They fade with time and circumstance and culture and, and everything. But the Word of God, it tells us, will stand forever. The Word of God has stood the test of time. The Word of God is, is valuable to us. In fact, uh, the psalmist said in 119 and verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is that really saying? God, I'm going to use your word to light up my path. I'm going to walk where your light shines. I'm, my decisions are going to be based on your light and your direction, God. The word is a lamp that should give direction to every person in this place. It lights or illuminates the way or the direction that we should take. The children of Israel, according to the scriptures, had journeyed through the wilderness for 40 years. Been a lot of miracles, a lot of good times, a lot of powerful things. But basically, as a group, they had sinned and come short of what God expected them. Through their unbelief, they finally had the final decree from the Lord. They had seen the direct consequences of disobeying God and choosing paths. They thought they could walk outside of truth. You know, Moses, I think this will be the, a good way to go. I think we should do this. They ran from their enemies because of disobedience. They lived outside of God's promise and direction. So Joshua makes it very plain to them. And it should make it very plain to us also. Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Right. You can't let the word 
fade from you and your children. You can't let the word fade because of convenience of the day. Let it become a part of your day and a part of your night. Let the word of God be everything in your life. Follow its direction. In fact, that's how you're really blessed. That's how you really prosper. That's the secret of your success is this word of God. If you're going to be successful, it will be because you love the truth. Can I say that one more time? If you're going to be successful, it will be because you love the truth. Not truth that helps you. Not just promises from God. You know, I love the truth that says, I'm going to be blessed. I love the truth that says, God is watching my ever may move. He's, he's looking for ways to show himself strong to me. But when the truth corrects me, mm, why should I love that? Come on, hear me, hear me. Guard your life against disobedience to God. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to, to bring a guilt trip on you today. I'm not, I, I don't have any agendas. I, I, there's, there's nothing I'm trying to secretly push today. I'm trying to bring you the Word of God. I'm trying to tell you the importance of the Word of God, the importance of knowing the Word, the importance of being, uh, <clears throat> of being uh, uh, in reverence to the Word of God. In Psalms 119 and verse number 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, O God. Your word I've hid. Make sure we hide God's word in our hearts. Make sure that, that the word of God is the most important part of our day. Make sure you start your day reading the word of God. Make sure you start your day talking to the Lord. The importance of truth resides in our love and obedience to it. Amen? Let me ask you something that, that uh, let me ask you this question. How do you feel about God's Word? Even when it corrects you. Even when we don't like what it says, will we still obey it? I want to, I want to <clears throat> take you to another part of the scripture. This is a warning to us to be so careful with the word. I, I think it's something we need to hear. Everyone in this room that I know of is trying to do right and righteously. Everyone in this room, the reason you're here is you've come to worship the Lord and to praise the Lord today, have you not? You've come to give your allegiance to the Lord. You've come to hear the Word of God. You've come to learn of the Word of God. And you've come to worship the Lord. Well, listen to what Romans, as Paul begins to talk to the Romans in Romans 1 and verse number 21. It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not 
as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up. Now, look at this. God also gave them up. I want you to notice this. I'm going to point it out to you. He gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Man, it's really quiet in here. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever? Amen. Now, listen to this. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. What's really this talking about? Homosexuality, lesbianism. Verse 27, likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error that was meet. In other words, they face the consequences of that error. But I, I don't want just you to, to stop there. I want you to hear this. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now maybe somebody would say, God didn't give them over to a reprobate mind. Satan just entered and they, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God did it. Now, now look, at, look, at the, look at the end of this. But being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Verse 30, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Verse 31, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they were they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. Rejected. Cast away. One translation says God gave them up to a debased mind. Another translation says God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things that are improper, to do things that are repulsive. Oh, pastor, are you saying I'm about to get a reprobate mind? No, I didn't, I didn't say that. 
what I said. It's, and, and hear me, hear me. This is, this is where I want, to, I want to really make a point of emphasis in this, script, in this, in this lesson today. I want to point out this. You know, there's, there's a lot mentioned in did somebody blaspheme or did this one do that or is, is this a reprobate? I believe that it's very difficult for God to turn somebody over to reprobate mind. I don't think it's just easy to blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. I believe that there are steps that you get. There's a point of no return that you get there. And so, so you know, but, but here's what I want to drill home this day, is that we have a love of the truth. That we love the truth with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That we love everything in there. There's some things that, that I may not be happy about. There's some things that I might like to change, but ultimately, I've got to love the Word and be obedient to the Word. Okay, notice what they did. That to do things that are improper and repulsive is repulsive to one another and also to God. They change God's truth into a lie. Truth is of utmost importance. In fact, you can, you can read it in a scripture or two earlier, Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You see, these, this was preceded, preceded all those other verses that I read. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I love Jesus Christ. I want the word to be in my heart. I want the word to be a part of everything that I say and do. I'm not ashamed of Jesus' doctrine. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed to be called a child of God. Are you a Christian? Who wants to know? We should boldly proclaim who we are. We should be careful what we do and how we talk. We should be careful what we say so that the, our Christ-like spirit doesn't offend people. When you're lying, when you're doing wrong, and then quoting the Bible, you're not going to be successful. We, we need to have a love for, for God. I'm not ashamed of the truth. I want to em embrace truth. Not some form of political correctness that changes with the day, but God's word endures forever. I want to leave you today with this very powerful scripture. Listen to Paul as he gives us warning in 2 Thessalonians 2 in verses 9 through 11. It says, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan. He's talking about the Antichrist coming. With all power and signs and lying wonders. Did you know that the Antichrist will do miracles? 
Do you know he'll, he'll have signs and wonders? I believe the word of God says, Brother Jeff, that he'll even call fire down from heaven, the false prophet. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because, why did they perish? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They perished because they didn't receive the love of the truth. Verse number 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Satan shall send. That's not what it says. It says God shall send them strong delusion. The Amplified Bible says this. Satan gives all kinds of counterfeit miracles, deceptive signs, and false wonders, all lies. Why? Because they receive not a love for the truth. So God sent them a strong delusion, which is great deception, misleading influence. They will be so, they will, they will be so completely convinced of error. Boldly and blindly will they tell it and live it, completely unaware that it's all a lie. Not only to believe a lie, to, but, but also to receive eternal damnation. What part do you want to take out of the Word of God? How about Deuteronomy 6 and 4? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That was easy. Thou shalt not kill not really abortion it's just that we want everybody to have a choice where does it stop adultery lying Stealing. This Bible is not gender, gender sensitive. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. This is a dictionary. Did it change any of the words I just ripped out? Are they no longer there? Still there, aren't they? Didn't change anything, did it? By the way, I'm not even comfortable tearing up a Bible. I thought about it. I, I, I thought it had been a lot easier. This was a, good, this was a good dictionary. I had to waste the dictionary to prove a point today. But the point is this. Love the truth. Hate lying. Hate falsehood, hate wrong, hate unrighteousness. Oh, hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, let us have a love for the truth. Let us have a real understanding for the truth. 
Oh, let the Word of God be in my heart. Let the Word of God be everything that I do. Let the Word of God go with me. Let the Word of God be the, be the, the focal point of my life. Praise the Lord. Talked to Brother Larson last night, and he told me that He loves the Word of God. You could tell it in his voice. Everything about the Word of God. And I told him, I said, Brother Larson, I'm going to tell you why that you have such a confidence in the Word of God. Because you have a love for the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, church. Let us have a love for the Word of God. You see, there's things in here that that, that maybe I'm not doing everything that it says, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to work on this. I, I want to get everything right. Maybe, maybe there's some things here in, in this word that I'm having a little difficulty with, but, but listen, I, I want to get closer to God, not further away. I want to get near God. I want to hear God's word. I want to hear God's voice, and I want to do what God says. I want to follow him. Whenever you think about it, think about this. Don't just rip up the Word of God because sometimes that's what we do when we discard certain things. You might as well rip it out of your Bible. It's no good to you. But oh, cherish the Word of God. Shall we stand? Cherish the Word of God. Love the Word of God. Love the truth of God's Word. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is God's power to me. It is God's life to my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm getting pretty emotional right now because I feel the presence of God. I feel that 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 the Word of God is the most important part of my life. God, I want to love you, Lord. I want to love your Word, Lord. I want to be stable and steadfast in all your ways, Lord God. Hallelujah. Could you just lift up your voice to the Lord? Could you just make a declaration in, in your heart and in your life to love 